Hello, you are listening to The Power of Investing in People with Shay Sparks. I had the honor of being on the show with Shay and wow, how authentic she is and how much I know that she wants to keep hope alive in the community. So thank you all for joining. And everyone here today, I'm offering a special to all active duty or retired military to my all access on-demand training where we learn how to dream, believe, and achieve our best life. Please visit at timlanefitness.com and I'll see you all soon. Enjoy the show. You are listening to the On the Road segment of the Power of Investing in People podcast with Shay Sparks. This episode was recorded while on the podcast and book tour, and this stop was in Atlanta, Georgia. And I got to meet and interview my good friend, Kimberly Santiago. Her story is so incredible and so inspiring. From foster care to being a hairstylist, now Kimberly Santiago is a radio personality, coach, speaker, and prison and jail outreach ministry. She empowers other trauma survivors to invest in themselves by peeling away the artichoke layers that we are to get to the heart of it and heal. Her passion is to help guide others to break through their habits, hang-ups, hurts, and fears by transforming their traumas into treasures in order to find their true purpose for God's glory alone. I mean, this is unbelievable how similar our our stories are, how similar our coaching is from trauma to treasure, everything. It's amazing. My <laughs> One of the fun things about Kim is that her motto is, it's not my fish to fry and not my pan. So stay tuned to her inspiring story. You won't want to miss it. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks, Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, where we get you fired up about your life and your business by transforming trauma into treasure. So check out my new co-star, co-author collaborative book called Hashtag Firestarters, How to Be a Spark of Hope on the Midst of Change at my website at shaysparks.com. And while you're there, check out all my social media links and connect with me. I'd love to hear from you. And today, we are on the road, and we are in Atlanta, Georgia, with the most incredible, amazing woman, Kim Santiago. So thank you, Kim, for being here. Oh, I can't think of a better place to be. Honestly, being with you is like a ray of sunshine, so thank you. And we've had so much fun. We just got finishing with your show, your radio show. Yes, on Breathe Like Kim on Foxtrot Radio. And it was so amazing to be like in person, live in person, number one. It just felt good to be connecting. Like normally I'm in the studio alone and have people on the phone or whatever due to, you know, 2020. And yes, it was just like uh, surreal. Just like, yay, I have people. I'm a connector. I love people. Yes. Mm -hmm. And what's so funny, it was like, oh yeah, let's do this radio show because... You know, we just met like eons ago back in May, right? Literally maybe six weeks ago, maybe a month, <laughs> if that, right? Yeah. But it feels like we've known each other forever. We were separated at birth. Well, I, think I, so. yeah. I think so. I think so. I may have a couple of more days on you than, you know. Mm, mm, sorry. Right. You know. <laughs> 
time is but of the essence. It right? is, it isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. I think you came first, not me. Right? There, there you go. Sure. <laughs> sure. But what's so funny is how we connected on a Facebook group. Yes. And then, and then it just kind of evolved, evolved from, there. from there. She was like, let's jump on a call. I'm like, sure, let's jump on a call. And here she's in Atlanta. I'm in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, wait, you're in Kansas City? I'm, I'm, I'm driving through there on my way to Nebraska. I'll just stop by. And I was like, mm, okay, sure you will. Yeah, yeah sure you will. <laughs> and and then, then we did lunch. And then, next and thing then you know, I'm knocking on the studio door going, hey. You're like, you I'm going to be there and here. And I was like, oh, I have 30 minutes window. Okay. And we did. We had we lunch. Did it. And we did. It was, that pizza was amazing too over there <laughs> right? by your studio. Yeah, so good. I think it was just because I haven't had bread in a long time, but that it was super too. good. And what's so funny is just like, you just... Sometimes you just meet people and you just know good people. Absolutely. And immediately we had trust before that anyway. But it was like, oh, yeah, you're so I told her, I'm like, so I'm going on this tour. Oh, my gosh, you're going through Atlanta. And I was like, what? Uh, maybe. Probably. I don't I really could. know. Maybe. I think I'm going to Florida and I'll be coming up from yeah. there. So we were both like, hey, yeah, I think Georgia's yeah. in between Florida <laughs> and uh, Let's get out Kansas, the right? <laughs> and you're like, just stay at my house. And then you yeah. pay my radio show. And I was like. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I even sent you a picture just in case. So you knew where you'd be sleeping. <laughs> right. So you're not like this random right, right, person right, who's going right, to log me up in the basement right, and kill right, me. Right, yeah. right. No, 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 not today. No. Right. No. <laughs> and so I will say for our listeners that this isn't an everyday occasion that you just meet somebody on the internet and next thing oh, you know, you're like no. staying at their house. No, Hello, no, 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 no. Hello. Welcome to craigslist nightmare <laughs> right, or right, right. missing person right. or that's a whole nother podcast whole genre podcast. true crimes yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly and we're not about that no. No, no 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 so first of all i we just jumped in which is awesome <laughs> this is what i think on the road is really about is just doing improv and jumping in and kind of having normal conversation and then getting to the good stuff i feel like we're missing the sonic cup i think you know like how they do the sonic commercials, <laughs> the call sonic commercials. Like. right 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 because because here we are again i am having another amazing interview inside a car in a parking lot just outside of her the radio show the radio foxtrapradio.com <laughs> so i'm like okay so we, let's record in the car why not we got time yeah let's, let's do, do it. it let's do it let's do it and it'll be a lot quieter than in panera oh. so yeah. <laughs> yeah or actually anywhere or anywhere yeah right right so first of all tell us who you are what is it that you do i know you have this amazing radio show <laughs> and uh, i do a little bit of everything actually mm-hmm. so my name is kimberly santiago I got married back in 2015 and I was single for many years. Didn't date, didn't care to date, was pretty shut off. And with that, due to some things that I'd went through, I wanted to figure out who I was, who God was. I wanted to heal those spots. And so one of my famous lines is, not my fish to fry, Mm. not my frying pan. Yeah. Because I have codependency. I recovered from codependency and still have some little triggers Mm -hmm. sometimes. And so now I love to empower. So I am a coach. Mm -hmm. Um, Looking at back, going back to school to actually get some letters behind my name with some stuff. And and then I go into jails and prisons and Mm -hmm. pour into women inside incarcerated. So... My niche is kind of domestic abuse, oh, drug, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever your junk is, I'm there. I'm going to meet you right where you're at and wrap you up and just say, you know what? You're a child of God. And that's what you have to mm. remember no matter what. I am a child of God. Yeah. And, you know, 
So <laughs> thank you for sharing mm-hmm. who you are. And you've also have listened to how we met and that, that crazy mm-hmm. conversation. So I always kind of start off with the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? Oh, it's everything. Mm. I'm a connector. So it's everything. I literally, I love your fire starters book. I love like he just takes a match and we just, you know, when we're not alone. And that's the thing. Like, can I be alone? Yes. Is the cabin in the woods some days look great to just hang out there and just kind of decompress? Yes. But I am a connector. I'm a people person. I love being able to invest in others. Watching them blossom and grow is like there's no greater thing. I totally agree with you. And I love hearing everyone's answer because it's different for everyone, right? So mm-hmm. some people it's it's more monetary. Some people it's about time. Some people it's about effort. But I really... You know, honestly, when I started to hear your story, when we first got connected, I love how you're taking what you've learned. So, by the way, we are both hairstylists by trade, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? By nature. Right. Exactly. For the first half of our life anyway. Mm -hmm. And what's so fabulous about being in the salon industry is you get to get to know people on a different mm-hmm. level, mm-hmm. right? We know stuff their doctors don't even know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And our spouse, their spouse, mm-hmm. d- yeah. yeah, kids, Whatever. everything. Yeah. Pick somebody. We yeah. know it. Yeah. I'm surprised we don't get subpoenaed into court and thank goodness I've been we wondered that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I'm going to pull the HIPAA. Me too. Me too. I'm like, you know, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I can't. I can't. Com- customer confidentiality. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Uh, I'm going to, I'm not an attorney. I just play one on TV. Right, that's right. But yeah. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean, that's who we are. Mm. And so I love your story because you took being the skills that you have just naturally as a hairstylist in the, in the people business mm-hmm. and really pouring in to people who have been incarcerated mm-hmm. because you see something in them. Maybe it's their light. Maybe mm-hmm. it's their potential. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, you were there once, or maybe it's just the fact that you love people and really see that it's about giving back. I truly love people, but here's the deal. Huh. There's tons more people that you meet at the gas station and everywhere that are incarcerated. Yeah. They're incarcerated inside their heads. Yes. With their limiting beliefs. So the only difference between the people that I go and meet and greet in the jails and the prisons is they're inside four walls. Mm. And it's obvious. The people that I meet that are in my chair or that I do one-on-one coaching with or just meet out in the world, they're incarcerated. And if you can help one person be set free Mm. by sharing your story, by encouraging them, sharing that joy and that hope, then why not? Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, which is why I wanted you on, because it was it's just not your typical run of the mill hairstylist, go to the salon, go to work, go home. Mm -hmm. No, you're like, no, I know that there's a deeper purpose for me. Mm And the things that we have gone through mm-hmm. is because it's not just for me. Mm-mm. Sometimes the lessons that Mm-mm. I've learned myself per- personally, I mm-hmm. know is will help, not just mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It empowers mm-hmm. other people to see, oh, someone else has gone through this. Well, I feel like how how selfish to hold on to it. Mm. Like why? Okay, so there's purpose in our pain. Yes. If that's the mindset that we take. Yes. Okay. Or I can stay stuck in my muck. I can stay buried underneath my cover. I can cancel 
phone calls. I can cancel meeting up with people. I can get basically living COVID out loud daily, mm-hmm. or I can take those tools, those painful tools mm-hmm. and help somebody else to show them, Hey, you're not alone. Right. It may look different. It may sound different. It may whatever, but there's some similarity along there somewhere yeah. and just get some common ground to just, and, and you don't even have to have common ground with it. Right. Just show someone that this little light of mine will shine. Mm. Yeah. What's coming up for me is you matter, mm-hmm. right? Like everyone in the world, I'm just been listening to this, mm-hmm. this book that Oprah co-wrote by a doctor and he, they, they changed the, the, the conversation world. about people who are incarcerated from what it's wrong with you to what has happened to you. Mm-hmm. And as soon and as you mm-hmm. start asking that mm-hmm. question, it just really gives the, when you share your story, it mm-hmm. gives the other person permission to share theirs. And that's what I've done. When I go one-on-one, I swear, I learn way more from them than they learn from me. But I want to know your why. I call it the chocolate chip cookie recipe <laughs> or the Thanksgiving turkey. Okay. Mm-hmm. So depending on how you grew up or mm-hmm. where you grew up or whatever happened, you always knew if you went to Aunt Sally's house, what was going to be on the table mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving. Except for maybe the crazy aunt that brought a different salad every year or whatever. Yeah. But it's what you got served up. Mm. It's what you know. Exactly. It's all familiar. So if I come over to your house for Thanksgiving dinner and I show up and I'm like, okay, no more turkey, everyone. We're having duck or whatever. Yeah. Catfish or whatever. You'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's going to be resistance. And anytime anybody walks through change, you, me, anybody, there's going to be resistance. Mm -hmm. And so... These people that are incarcerated, that are actually behind walls, not the ones that are wandering around outside, they need to think about what they've been served up Hmm. and how much of it they're still listening to. Because we can reparent ourselves. Absolutely. We can say, uh, that might be your truth. Yeah. But it's not my truth anymore. And sometimes you have to prune even family members Hmm. away. Yes. And it's painful. And it's awful and it stinks, but you know what? God gives us new family. God mm-hmm. brings other people into our lives. Those sometimes it's just a lesson. Absolutely. It isn't about, you know, and you can stay stuck in that and you can play the blamer gamer game. Yeah. It's your fault that I'm like this. Mm. I drink because of this or you drink because of that or I have a drug addiction because of this. Okay, maybe so. Mm-hmm. But here's the deal. I'm an adult now. I'm not five. Right. I may have trauma from five or four or three, but I'm grown now and I choose to live in that trauma or to heal that trauma. And I choose to then, because broken people break people. Yeah. So the chain stops here. Right. The broken, I'm sure I'm jacking up my kids some way or another, you know, in some way because I'm human. Okay. And that's okay to not be okay, but don't stay there. Right. Don't continue to be like, well, I'm this way because back in 1943, this happened to me. Right. Instead, maybe it was 2020. That was my life-changing year Mm. or whatever. We choose. And that's the whole thing. It isn't Aunt Sally's turkey that made me this way. It might have been when I was five, but now I'm making a choice Mm -hmm. to continue serving that up and out into the world or I change the story mm-hmm. and be like, okay, everybody, 
we're doing buffet or whatever you're, you know what I mean? Change it up. Mm -hmm. If I don't like a radio station, what do I do? I change it. Right. If I don't like a TV station, what do I do? Change it. Right. So if you don't like what's going on in your house, your business, your life, change it. Absolutely. And what, you know, I think about is my, when we go through some sort of trauma, we have a choice on whether to continue in being a victim of mm -hmm. that trauma, or you can figure out a way to reframe it and look at it as a treasure, which is what right. I do with my clients. Right. And I have found that, you know, it's, it's really about the mindset. It is. It's always, because can I tell you stories that happened not as clearly anymore because of, I've done a whole bunch of homework mm -hmm. on that and released it. But that that doesn't even matter. I mean, yes, it matters what happened to me, but it's what made me today. Yeah. So does it even matter? Yeah, it does. There's some things that happen along the way that I wish didn't happen, but I'm, I'm no longer letting my story be a secret mm. just because nobody asked. Right. I'm not going to let Satan grab a hold of me and let this be a secret. Right. Okay. Because then he gets me on that hamster wheel mm -hmm. and he starts mm -hmm. telling me what I'm not versus what God's truth says. Yeah. And that's, that's just that mind shift. And I mean, I've taken rober bands and wrote my own mantras or my own scriptures mm -hmm. on there just to remind myself I am okay. Yeah. I am a child of God. You know, you mentioned codependency earlier. Mm -hmm. And and, mm -hmm. and truth be told, I I stayed with Kim last night, so we've talked a lot about codependency over the last, you know, 12, 15 hours. Right. And so... And loving too much and yeah. boundaries and all of that. And so, because they're really not just great conversations to have, but they're really near and dear to our hearts because we've experienced it. Mm -hmm. So how did you know that you were like, how did you figure out you were codependent and what did, what did that look like for you? So for the longest person, longest time I was like, I'm not codependent. Like I thought that the words meant something different mm -hmm. and I've been doing celebrate recovery since Oh eight. Okay. And they had come to me and at one point was asking me to be a codependent leader and I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, and basically I'm like type, I'm, I'm definitely check, check, check marks. You know, I don't have all of them, but I definitely have a few qualities of them. And, and then I was like, oh my gosh, how many other women are walking or men yeah. walking around blinds and not even realizing that they are too. And a lot of it has to do with attachment styles yeah. and it's a coping skill. Right. Codependency is a coping skill. Right. Complete coping skill. And it doesn't necessarily work for healthy. Right. Right. Yeah. So I've been working with a gentleman and, you know, he was telling me a story and about how his last several actual girlfriends, mm -hmm. it had, the relationship ha mm -hmm. had evolved. Right. Mm -hmm. And I said, so do you see that you are falling into the same pattern? It's just mm -hmm. a different person. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, yeah, definitely. And mm -hmm. for me, I was like, okay, I want to make sure that I never get into another abusive relationship. So right. what pattern do I have to break? What limiting beliefs do I have to change? Right. What habits do I have well, to let go of? Right. And for me, when I coach, I've talked to them about, okay, let's find out where it started. Exactly. Which takes time, which exactly. takes authenticity, which, you know, I'm not asking you to relive the trauma. I'm asking you, 
where did it start? The earliest memory of the trigger, of the start. And if it's your mom, dad, Aunt Sally, cousin Bob, or whatever, write them a letter. Hmm. You don't, you're not sending it. So if you want to rip out their eye, whatever you're feeling, like mm-hmm. just let it ebb and flow right out whatever emotions and feelings there is behind that and release it. So it no longer takes a hold of you. And then you can start your healing process. Because if you don't retrace it and figure out where it started, mm-hmm. then how do you ever own it? How right. do you ever? And now hear me say, if you were a child when things happened to you or even a grown adult, if you did not give permission for that to happen, it is not your fault. Right. And I think a lot of times men, I have counseled men that have childhood traumas that happened from their aunt, uncle, whoever. Yeah. And I'm here to say men suffer just as much as women. They just don't have a safe spot to talk about it. So please find a safe spot. Reach out to us ask for a safe spot so this can no longer hurt you hold you back well and i think too you you brought up such a great point about asking for help so Mm. i'm working with this gentleman and you know we we did the whole like where did this begin right and at first he was like well my first relationship and i'm like that's great Mm -hmm. and just know that anything that we do as adults it's because it's familiar from childhood Mm -hmm. absolutely right and so and that taught us in the women who love too much Mm -hmm. book like that's what it Mm -hmm. is about is seeing those patterns it's what we know it's 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 all we know right and if you don't know anything's different then how do you even know there's anything different Right. right And so we, you know, talked about it and I was like, okay, so what about your parents? And he, he realized as he was looking back, talking about it, that his mom had, and his dad had not been the greatest, which again, we're not all people are, you know, parents have been abusive. It can just be a one incident, one and sure. done, but it stays with you forever. You could be shopping. You could be shopping yeah. and your mom will be like, or somebody. Yeah. Maybe not your mom. Well, your thighs are really thick. Or they walk off and go to the restroom and leave you standing there and you walk, you know, went someone else right. and then you're like freaking out in the store right. and like, oh my is gosh. Is that a bad thing? You've been abandoned. Yeah. Right. Like you could yeah, have that scar yeah. from Where that. Where they like leave you mm-hmm. and then you're up at the front desk asking for them to page your mom and dad. Right. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. so come to find out that's really sort mm-hmm. of how it ha- all started mm-hmm. with him. And um, now he's in his 50s and he's like, I've got to stop this cycle. Yes. Yes. And so the fact that one, he had saw it, that it was a cycle Two, that he decided to do something with it. Is huge. It's huge for huge. women or men. Absolutely. And I, I, gosh, what I wouldn't have given to have this knowledge when I was 20. But right. I don't know if I even would have acted on it because, you know, we know everything. We think we know everything. Do you know what I mean? And, but if I can save, now hear me say, I'm not going to come in and play Rescue Ranger with you. Yeah. Well, that's how because the codependency to, yeah. starts, right? Yeah. Oh, because yeah. Yeah. what happens is our parents aren't responsible in some way, shape, or form. So mm-hmm. then we become uber responsible. OCD responsible. Yeah. yeah. And so we want to take care of everything, mm-hmm. make everything okay. People pleasers. We want everybody to be happy, happy, happy. Meanwhile, we're miserable. Yeah. Because we forgot about us. And we, who? What? 
<laughs> you're what, like, what about me? wait. And then we don't want to say what about me because maybe our parent was uber selfish. Selfish. Of course and they so were then, selfish. So that's what the, why we had to be, you know, uber and so responsible. It's like, what? Did I brush my teeth? Did I take a shower? Did I take my vitamins? What? Did I eat today? Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost a self-sabotage and you don't even realize it. Well, and that's what... <laughs> That's what is so great about being a coach is being able to like uncover that with your client mm-hmm. and really see what it is that the, that they were going through in order to stop the behavior. Mm-hmm. Stop and, the spin cycle. Mm-hmm, and go, okay, so how can we redirect this? How can you reframe this? Mm-hmm. You know, we've been talking on mm-hmm. your show about reframing. Mm-hmm. And even earlier this morning, we were right. talking about reframing. And it's just an amazing tool to be able to take something that you've been through reframe it and you know yeah, let's use it as an example should we use mine as an example? sure let's do it let's sure. do it okay so go ahead ask me the question <laughs> well so first fun. of all do you want to talk about the backstory of it first sure i'm an open book okay so you're going to school i have been going to school uh, since 1992 <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I think I want to do it again. I think uh-huh. I want to, you know, but what's my next step? Well, I had filled out the paperwork yeah. like three months ago because it's been pouring on my heart because I just feel like doors are opening and I don't feel like I need to have certain letters behind my name to open those doors, but the world does. Mm-hmm. And so I also feel like there's, you need to walk in obedience as well. Do you know what I mean? Not to the world, but what's being called of you. So I asked her what was her worst fear around going back to school. What would that? What what is it? What does it look like? And I said a whole bunch of different things. Well, actually, I said a couple different things. And you're like, Kimberly, shut your eyes and tell me what you feel. Right. But what was the thing that you said that really stood out? Do you remember? I don't want to quit. I I don't want to quit again. I don't want to quit. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. and so then I asked, "When have you ever quit?" And she said, "Never." Yeah, I told myself I quit, right? But I really didn't quit. I just paused it. So as the sh- the reframe word is of the day. I just paused it. Yeah, because I'm like, well, if you started all these years ago, but I mean, I've gone back different times, yeah. several different times. So maybe you didn't finish in that particular arena, that particular yeah. area. I have 55 credits, but exactly. But as well, you didn't quit completely because now you're bringing it back up. Mm-hmm. So I said, what if we look at what you're talking about and use the word pause mm-hmm. rather than quit? Because quit. quit seems so harsh. Yeah. So. Final. And it's obviously not final. No. Because I asked, what does quit mean to you? And you said finished. Well, you haven't finished because you're continuing to go back. Right. So it's not about finishing. It's about pausing. Pausing. Yeah. Just giving yourself permission to say, you know what? Yeah, I paused. So what? You let life get in the way. Oh, well. It's just like the recorder when you stopped the movie to go to the bathroom. I just paused a little longer than someone else. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so it's about putting your needs. Mm Mm-hmm. Before someone else's, sometimes mm-hmm. that's really hard, especially mm-hmm. as a codependent. I'm guilty of that as well. Mm-hmm. But it's also being able to look at that fear and what the worst case scenario is and being like, okay, so it's not about what my brain says, because right. my brain will always go to fear. Oh, sure. It's about what your soul says. So then this morning, what good news did you get? 
I got accepted to Yay. a school. And now I need to now make that decision if I'm going to walk through it. You know what <laughs> I mean? But what did you say? Like, I don't, I still don't know. And I'm and like, you said, girl, what do you not know? Do you know what I mean? You already know. Do you know what I mean? But that's the game that we play with ourselves. Yeah. Well, I still don't know. I still don't know. And what do you not know? You know that you have it in you. You know that you want to. What, what part don't you know? Well, you know, then we start talking about finances and we start doing this and we start doing that. Guess what? The, the Lord will open the door. He'll find a way. Yeah. So, you know, if you guys have been listening um, the last few episodes, I've been on the road on tour and that wasn't something that I planned out for a long time. It just kind of save and save and save no. and make sure your T's were crossed exactly. and your eyes were dotted and nope. Shay sparks on the road. <laughs> right. Like none of that. It was just like, huh, wonder what that would look like and what would I have to do and take care of in order to make that happen and pack a bag and go. Yeah. And the car and get, make sure the car service and all that mm-hmm. and places to stop and people to see on along the way. And it was that easy. Mm-hmm. And I say it was how that many, easy. How many motel stays have you had? Two. In a month. Yeah. Two, two so hotels. There you go. So yeah. there goes that excuse bug out the door. Right. Because I've stayed in people's, you know, slept on their couch or slept on their air mattress or whatever. But it was also like, I have connections with these people. And so right. it was about the ass. It was when we remember talked A-S-K. about before. SK. Ask. And I just said, Hey, I would, in fact, it's funny. Of course, one of them is my friend. He's like, I want my hair cut. I'm like, great. Do you have a couch I can sleep on? Right. <laughs> so let's trade. Let's trade. Exactly. So maybe if those who are listening, maybe you're not trading a haircut, but you can trade something else. Maybe, you know, who knows? Yeah. Fix a car or uh, clean a house or, you know, whatever. You have no idea. Mow the yard, plant yeah. a flower. Yeah. But it wasn't about, I, I wanted to get back to what Kim had, had been worried about. She was worried about now what? Okay. She'd been accepted. Mm-hmm. And I said, all you have to do is walk through the door. Yeah. That's it. Because I fully, 100% completely believe that God opens doors constantly mm-hmm. and we are too afraid, too fearful, sometimes too stuck in our muck mm-hmm. to see them mm-hmm. and doors constantly will open and then it is our duty. It is our calling, I believe, our to calling through. to at least explore it. Mm-hmm. It is not get about curious. Get curious. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Explore it th- with curiosity mm-hmm. and go, what am I supposed to learn here? Mm-hmm. Who am I supposed to meet? What mm-hmm. connection am I supposed to be making? Mm-hmm. Because you never know. It could be like you're just supposed to know that this is not the path that you're supposed to let go right. of the belief of going back to school. Right. And that's not the case. And this case is in the other little thing that comes up is it's completely online. I'm a connector. Did I say it? I'm a connector. I like to touch, feel, smell, be in the front row, raise my hand and all of that. But in the real world, in order for me to continue the responsibilities that I have online is the best fit. The fact that if you wake up at two o'clock in the morning, you can do your paper or whatever. I mean, obviously there's deadlines, but... I don't have the traditional, I have to be there Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, eight to four or eight to two right. or whatever. So if there's somebody that wants to do this, check into it, get curious about it. 
agreed. And so about anything, it doesn't even have to be back to school. It could be a new job, a new profession. It could be anything, a restaurant. Like last yesterday, you were talking about how there was a two hour wait at some restaurant that you really wanted to go to. And then guess what? Huh? There's another day the next day. And so you what? You made reservations for lunch the next day. Yeah. Who would have thunk? Yeah. So you didn't miss the opportunity. No. You just got curious and you asked. Absolutely. So that brings me to something I want to ask you mm. is how often does fear stop you from asking? Probably not as much as it should <laughs> until it becomes me. Right. So there comes that codependency again, yeah. right? Like you're really so like, good at asking yeah. for other people yeah. and not asking for yourself. Yeah. I can talk. I can speak mm. up. I can defend. I can be like, no, you're not going to. I mean, you do what you want, but if it was me, do you know what I mean? But when it comes to me standing up for me and using my voice, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a lot better about it than mm-hmm. I used to be. Um, I'm researching. I'm asking questions. Yeah. I'm making connections to people like you, people that are walking it, living it. Yeah. And anytime you want to get better, better at something you go get a counselor you go get a coach you go get people or you read about people you follow their lead like what are they doing yeah how are they doing it they are human Mm -hmm. they put their pants on the same way i do Mm -hmm. maybe there's a left and mine is right whatever you know we we're human we all do about the same things they're doing it so if they're doing it then why am i not doing it right right I think that we make the picture bigger and more difficult, more chaotic than it needs to be. When literally it's a push of the button. What did the what did the little message say today? Welcome, you've been approved. Da da da. Have questions, call. Right. Well, that's asking. Asking, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you find working with your clients that that's a really hard thing for most people to do? Is ask for it's, support. It's, I think it's. For themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's rejection. Yeah. I think it's, well, I've never been able to trust anybody else in my life, so why would I be able to trust them? Yeah. Which is a limiting belief. Absolutely. And we're putting expectations on them. Uh-huh. And if, so what? They say no. Go to the next person. Exactly. Go to the next person. Go to the next person. Well, you know what no means, right? Next opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I've found, too, for me back to that codependency thing, I was really good at asking for help for other people. Oh, super good. Yep. I can coordinate your moving party. Mm. I can coordinate your party. I can do whatever for you. And then guess who gets the heat when it doesn't go right? Even though it's your life. Yeah. You come back at me and play the blamer gamer and be like, well, I can't believe that. And then you almost get some bitterness and resentment built up because it's like, are you kidding me? You were on the couch still sleeping when the moving party showed up. You didn't even pack one box. Right. I didn't sign up to pack you. Signed up to move you. Mm. And what I should have done is went, peace out, Girl Scout. You figure it out. Call us when we're back. <laughs> but, you know, my little codependent heart, mm-hmm. you know, was like, oh, you know. And then when you one thing was missing, which I think it was a spatula or something. I'm like, like I know. Was your boxes labeled? Oh, wait. Yeah, they were because we took the permanent marker to box, you know. But then that starts to cause hostility and Mm -hmm. anger and bitterness and resentment. And there's no need for any of that. I could have been at home sitting in a chair reading a book. Right. 
So take us back to Kim growing up. <laughs> mm. uh-huh. And, you know, shine the light on some of the some of the challenges that you were facing. <clears throat> I was forced to grow up mm-hmm. way quicker than ever necessary. There was a lot of verbal and physical um, abuse that took place. And so I used to not even talk about it at all. Mm-hmm. And definitely not on this level. Right. But I know that there's a lot of verbal and abuse going on right now as we speak. Within minutes, somebody's abused. At least 12 different people are in one minute or more. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And, and so you can survive. You know, yeah. I ended up being a walk away. I was a foster kid. I chose that. Took my parents to court three different times. Stayed overnight in jail one night because the jail, the cop that saw the altercation thought I was safer in jail. Wow. Then, so here I was. 14 years old. Wow. Stayed the night in a jail cell. For your own I, safety. For my own safety. Wow. I guess that's where yeah. they put me. So I got printed. Yeah. I was scared to death. Like sure. I'd literally done nothing but come home late from a movie. Um, we had had a flat tire. We even showed the flat tire to, you know, anyway. And yeah, 14 years old. And I was in jail. Mm. They changed me, so we had to go to court, just like anybody else. You know, I had a shower with them, and I remember, like, I was like, please, Father God, do not have them ask me why I'm here. Yeah. Because, like, there was murder. There there was lots of people. Like, they had done some things, you know? Yeah. Me? (laughs) Yeah. I just showed up at the house late. I mean, like, I was like, what are you even going to tell them you did? You know? I mean, I was like, please, just let me. So then I got back to my room, and then I got chained to go across to the courthouse. So... I'm 14 years wow. old. Wow. 14. I had never done nothing. Right. And I remember thinking, and then I was in this huge courtroom, you know, and they're asking all these questions. And there was my family. Mm. Yeah. And so the elephant in the room was released. Mm. And it had been released before. This is a whole new level. Because I had learned a long time ago, talking about it didn't make it better, it made it worse. Mm-hmm. Because there was some some stuff that had happened, and whenever there was abusive situations, I would literally pick up sometimes and literally fling my siblings into the closet. <clears throat> and I would stand there and hold the closet door with both my arms and my feet, and just like spread out and hold it shut. And I would take whatever was going to get dished out so they didn't have to. Well, one morning, I didn't get my sister thrown in fast enough, and there was a mark on her face, and we had to go to school. And um, we got pulled into the office, and they had asked me, you know, to show my my body, you know, like Mm. people came in. And so DFACS came in, and I thought it was, I thought, okay, like I was scared to death. Right, of course. Because nobody knew. And and then I thought it would get better. Because, you know, I told the truth because, you know, the truth will set you free and all that other stuff that you're taught. And what it did is it made my life a living hell. Yeah. Because they came in, parents lie (laughs) or they don't tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth. And you're sitting there as a child and you're watching lies happen. Yeah. You were told, might have even got spanked or beat because you didn't tell the truth. Right. Or you got grounded or whatever. And Mm -hmm. yet you are full-fledged lying to these adult people. Mm Mm-hmm. And so 
it just, there's just like all these turn of events, you know, you go to church on Sunday and you're not supposed to do this. And so it just, you kind of start sitting back as a child watching people's actions going, this is not adding up. Right. So it took until I was a freshman in high school and I packed up a suitcase Mm. with clothes for quote unquote drama class. Yeah. And I called the cops and I was a walk away. Mm. Didn't want to run away because I was going to be something big. Right. And I didn't want that on my record. Right. So I learned how to do it the way you're supposed to do it. So you would have, and so then I had the county attorney. I had everybody on my team at 14. Wow. Wow. At 14. Wow. I was making connections, finding people to help move it forward. And then, you know, in the foster care system and not to say anything about that. But unfortunately, the system's very broken. Right. It's still broken. Yeah. They're short staffed. They're underpaid. They get exposed to tons of stuff. Right. And they're not thanked nearly enough. Mm. Some people go about it for the wrong reasons. But anyway, the, the foster care system, their goal is to reunite the child. Hello? Let's think about that a second. Why? Right. Well, because there's no place to pet these children. Right. And some of the places that they get pet, those people are doing it for the wrong reasons. Right. And they're not loving. They can, they can make things even, they can compound it. Mm-hmm. And so these kids are shifted from child after child after child. I remember laying in that room, hearing these stories from other people in foster care and thinking, oh my gosh, just call my family. I'm going to go back because I knew their game. I knew my family's ways of doing stuff. You're laying there not knowing where your family is right. or who's going to keep you, mm-hmm. how long you're going to stay there, what they're going to do to you. Are they going to lock you in a garage and do more things to you? Right. Are they going to abuse you more? Are they going to feed? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Withhold food. So beat yeah, you, whatever, whatever yeah. they want to do because you're kind of at your, their mercy, mm-hmm. you know, sort of, I mean, at a kid, you don't know. You're supposed to trust adults. Right. They're supposed to protect and provide. Right. So then I went through that rodeo, then graduated high school But before I graduated high school, I made some other decisions. And that was my first pause on my education. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't want that pause to ever be reflected in my child. Mm. So I went back to school when they were about two and a half, three years old. And I was going to school that's, you know, 19 credits, trying to work full time, try to be a mama and try to go to college and something needed to give. My baby wasn't one of them, mm-hmm. and I needed to provide. Now, there's things out there, but right. I was raised, like, you put yourself in a situation, you made your bed, now you lie in it. it. Yeah. You know, that good old story. And so I didn't ask mm. for the assistance. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask for the help. I was a taxpayer, you know? I mean, yeah. I, I would have been given back later, but I didn't ask. Right. I didn't ask for the help. I was working two or three jobs, trying to make ends meet. I was paying ridiculous amounts. Yeah, I mean, like, I didn't ask. I didn't go into the low-income housing. I didn't go into some of these places that would have helped me. Yeah. And if there's people out there, ask. Go to the food bank. Go get the assistant. Go. Don't be so freaking proud. Yeah. 
Because it's not forever. Right. It's just a season. Right. And it, like I, you know, so there's these things behind all of this. But because of the things that I've learned along the way, it just helps you want some of those things more. So the movie Precious is the closest thing I can get to my childhood. Mm. There's a piece in there where the boyfriend's, the mom's boyfriend does some things and that's not part of my story, but the rest of it, mm. pretty darn close. The yeah. verbiage, the physical. Mm-hmm. You know, what is so unbelievably beautiful after hearing that story is to know you personally mm. and to know how you've healed mm-hmm. and to know how resilient you are. Mm, thank you. And, you know, codependency, I feel really, on one hand, can be, have a negative effect. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, it can also really help. Mm-hmm. And in, sometimes we have to stop focusing on ourselves mm-hmm. and focus on other people in order to make it through. Absolutely. And that's what you did. Oh, you focused on I, your family. I found, yeah. You focused, I found leaders. You focused on helping other people. Now you're mm-hmm. in the system of helping, you mm-hmm. know, foster kids. Mm-hmm. And then you mm-hmm. now you're into the prison systems. And- because I'm hoping if we, if we pour into the men and we pour into the women that are already broken. Yeah. Before they give birth. Or even after, if we can find their why and where it started and they can retrack it and they can heal, guess what? Our world is a better place. Yeah. Because that chain breaks. Yes. And it stops. There may be incarceration for 20 plus years. Every man in their family or every woman in their family, that's their, their MO instead of going to college. Yeah. Well, and just like you had said about people are incarcerated in their mm-hmm. mind mm-hmm. when you were talking about walking in the chains across mm-hmm. the street to the courthouse, it made me think about how many people do we have? We have chains mm-hmm. on ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Right. Like we those have thick old ch- log chains, even, you know, those ones that you see that people have their dogs chained up to. But we do that to ourselves or some we've allowed somebody else to do it to us. Well, and just like with codependency, sometimes we're chained to another person. Oh, because mm. we think we mm-hmm. have to be right. Because what you made your bed. Now you lied in it. Well, and, and sometimes it's family. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Yeah. And, and there's it's like, this is pruning season, right? You don't have to, you don't have to live like that. You have nope. a choice. Nope. You can make a new choice. Nope. And you know, it just brings me back to my whole philosophy of, Hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. And then when you become empowered, you then empower people. Absolutely. And that's what you're doing. And that's what you're doing. <laughs> that's what you're doing. And like, it's so beautiful to be able to sit here and visit with someone that is very, very similar to me. We have different background stories, but we want to empower people. So this, like you said, like when you know better, you do better and you help other people, you know, I won't do the work for you anymore. Right. Right. And I might for a couple months, but then I catch myself. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. Right. But the reason why I'm strong is because I had to put in the work. Exactly. And that's where a lot of people stop. They don't want to. They don't, they think that they got to relive it or whatever. No, you don't have to relive it. No. 
It can stop right now, today, right now where you're at. The trauma, the hurts can stop. Now, the healing is going to take time. You don't have to relive it, Mm-mm. however you have to release it. Yep. And if you're holding on to the unforgiveness, the mm-hmm. anger, the, mm-hmm. the, the resentment, the shame, the, the, the guilt, absolutely. all of it. If you're holding on to that, it, it it's eats eating. at you. Yeah, absolutely. It's like drinking poison. It's at, like, hey, Shay, you want this poison pie? And that's its own cancer. Mm-hmm. I mean, really. And then it manifests in your body showing up. And we were discussing earlier about mm-hmm. our stomach. digestion and yeah, stomach, stomach issues. It's like, oh my gosh, of course that's what's at, mm-hmm. where it's at. And you just never know. And for me, mm-hmm. it's about, uh, in fact, I was lis- listening again to this, that book of what happened to you. It was really about, it's a biological um connection between what happens in your emotional world as what's happening in your physiological world. Mm -hmm. And so it's a biological connection. So of course, what we are experiencing as children and abuse of any way, shape or form, Mm -hmm. we, it shows up in Mm -hmm. our physical body and it's just, it's fascinating. We may not see it immediately, Mm -mm. but they're, they've done studies on it now that Mm -hmm. it shows up and it's like, oh my gosh, why aren't, why aren't doctors talking about this more and more? Well, because they're making money off of us, right? Yeah. They can just keep prescribing drugs and they can tell you that you're depressed and they can tell you that you're overweight. So here's a pill. Well, why are, what's underneath it? Why am I eating? Why am I emotional? Why am I feeling these things? Why am I anxious? Why am I, why am I whatever? Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Why do exactly. I have this jacked up stomach thing? Well, let's think about that. You've been holding on to whatever for mm-hmm. how long and your body. Yeah. Mm. It's a protection. So I just love spending time with you love our conversations mm. every time whether it be on the phone yes or, or in a person text or a little, oh, yeah something. i mm-hmm. love that and so i want our audience to be able to experience so how can they connect with you they can find me on facebook underneath kimberly santiago or they can go to my facebook page breathe like kim and reach out they can dm me however they want to talk to me or they want to be able to connect with me that would be the first place to start and we can take it from there awesome and you're also on instagram as well i am i'm just getting on there and i'm you know what i'm going to stretch myself i'm looking at doing some tiktok (laughs) but not right away because i feel like you need to be a little bit committed to that you know to kind of keep it going but yeah i'm on instagram and i definitely need to grow that audience and get going on that awesome and you're also how can they find your radio show that I was just on? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yes. So, if they want to, they can listen to the radio station right now. So, it's the number one radio station. It's foxtrapradio.com. So, literally Google it, hit it, and then they can just go on there and listen live. And I'm on there on Mondays usually. But today was a special occasion because yeah. Shay Sparks is in Atlanta. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. What do you, what do you want to be remembered for? What would be your legacy? Kindness. Mm. Well, and with your Southern hospitality, Mm -hmm. I will say you are exuding kindness. Love. I I just joy. I, my little story is I'm going to let this little light shine. So go shine your light. Yeah. Which brings me to the last question that I always like to ask. And you may have already answered it, but that's okay. What phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right now? Be present. Shut off the phone. Shut off social media. Be present. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. Well, uh, this has been, I think you're my third interview of On the Road with Shay Sparks. Yay. So it's been just such a joy. Mm. Uh, and just so much fun to have spend time with you. And, absolutely. And, I can't wait to do it again. And absolutely. We, we clearly have to do it again. To uh, sh- clearly. Yeah. And For the rest of the story. <laughs> yeah. Like Paul Harvey, you say, and yeah. the rest of the story. Yeah. When Kim goes back to school. <laughs> yes. Which, uh, honestly, there might be some more of that because uh-huh. we were talking last night about, you know, possible retreats or working. Oh, no, there's going to be some yeah. collaborations here. Definitely. And yeah. we are retreat girls. Yeah. Right. We definitely are retreat girls. Yeah. Even if we're the only ones that attend, we're definitely retreat girls. And yeah. so, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to 2022. Because mm. it's going to be a year. It's going to be a year. That's all I can Not say. Not that I'm going to rush 2021. I want to enjoy every single second of it. But I am definitely looking at collaborating with you, Miss Shea Sparks. Mm. Well, thank you for being here. Mm. Thank you for being here <laughs> and driving and doing what you're doing. Mm. Absolutely. And thank you for listening to The Power of Investing in People with Shea Sparks. And I know you took some notes because Kim just dropped some wisdom nuggets everywhere. <laughs> And so please go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. And until next time, let's get fired up. Hey, don't turn this off just yet. Does the thought of collaborating and connecting with a diverse group of creative thought leaders appeal to you? Do you have a compelling story and don't know where to start? Have you ever thought about writing a book and thought about writing the whole book is overwhelming? Well, we are looking for you. We want to connect and collaborate with other podcasters, coaches, and entrepreneurs who want to gain exposure. We are looking for other people who want to co-author a book with us. You can find out more details at firestartersbookproject.com.